Freebooters Network. Hi, this is Devin Turner with the Freebooters Network. Today we bring you another episode of 40K Radio. In this episode, the hosts are joined by head geek Terrace Cassidy of Geek Nation Tours. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to 40K Radio. Hello and welcome to another episode of 40K Radio. I am one of your hosts, Matt Alex. With me, as always, is Ashley. Hey, guys. And JF. Hello, hello, hello! And today we have a very special guest, the head geek from Geek Nation Tours and the man behind the Freebooters Network, Terrace Cassidy. Hello! Wow, that was a very exceptionally loud and, and rambunctious hello, JF. <laughs> I am always very energetic after I've had a meal. And I've just had a meal. <laughs> Terrence, thank you so much for joining us today. You're most welcome. Happy to be here. It's been a while. So today we're going to touch upon uh, Adeptcon and all the news out of that. We'll also hear what's going on at Geek Nation Tours. And uh, we got a copy of the Death Watch Codex, so we'll talk about that too. But as always, we'd like to uh, start by letting you know what we've been doing hobby-wise, games we've been playing. So Terrence, why don't you, why don't you lead us off? You're the guest. So oh, first. I'm the lead on this one. Wow. Um, lots. Lots, really. Um, 40K-wise, I've been playing a lot. Um, I went to Mini War Game, uh, game Mini War Gaming in Ontario. Played with those guys. Did a video. I don't know if you guys saw that. But, uh, check it out at, uh, at their site if you like. I did. Uh, it was... Did you? Yeah. It was a it was a super a lot of fun. And what did you think? I was really good. It seems like you guys had a lot of fun. I like how you did like a uh, sort of a narrative mission, you know, rather than like a match play mission. Those guys seem to be a lot about, you know, kicking around and having fun up there. Yeah, I mean, I was actually the first game of their campaign. So that was really exciting that I got to be the lead off in their that one that one particular campaign. Um, it was an amazing game. They're really really skillful on how they how they film, but also how they do army lists. I set up all my miniatures and everything. They looked at it. Then they went away and made an army list comp that, that were, was really complimented mine. Uh, and, uh, and so it really came down to the, to the wire. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything uh, uh, for you guys out there if you want to watch it. But it was uh, it was an exciting game, one of the best games I've had in 40K for a long time. Um, so that was, I think my i don't know close to 12th game of eighth um i was at the lvo also went to did their narrative there that was exciting uh first time i went to their uh convention uh it was a very much it was it's, it, it, it was full of a lot of different people there's a lot of competitive people very ultra competitive people there and there's a lot of narrative people there it was a very interesting convention to go to. Recommended if definitely if you're a competitive person. I think that's basically where where you would really get the uh, you know that competitive edge type of thing. A lot of people I knew from Adepticon were there. Uh, even a lot of crew Adepticon crew were there. So uh, yeah, that was a good good time. Vegas is always fun, of course. Uh, we were checking out whether or not we could have a tour there. 
And uh, I could talk about that later, but but uh, so we did that uh, 40k wise. Oh, also I uh, of course for Adepticon we did a night of uh, Necromunda, so I painted up uh, Gore Halfhorn for that event, and uh, what a, it was a pleasure to paint that model, a, a Forgeword model from from uh, Necromunda. Uh, a lot of uh, they've just released a few different uh, cool. Um, how do you say cool uh, uh, bounty hunters? So anyway, I painted up that one. It was really good. It took the paint really well. Uh, did kind of a city camo type of look on it. What else? I've been, of course, working on Frostgrave. That's I know I, I, you hear me say that uh, same game over and over again whenever I come on this show, and you're like, this is a 40K radio. But yeah, I, I, uh, I've been really uh, digging that. Had a lot of fun on that. Again, we'll talk about that at Adepticon when we go over that. Uh, oh, uh, I'm playing a, a Sword and Spear Fantasy also. Uh, that's a small 10 millimeter uh, fantasy game, kind of like War Master. You use the same uh, style miniatures. You could even use War Master miniatures if you oh, wanted. Cool. Yeah, it's it was it's exceptional. I, I think it's I'm really starting to dig it. Uh, the paint is really going well with that one. I'm doing the undead, doing a glowy uh, skeleton army, and uh, kind of what you see on Lord of the Rings, that type of glow look. Uh, uh, often you see it on the spirits of GW's miniatures. So it, it, it's a really super easy paint job for me. Um, I'm lucky that way. So uh, I don't. I didn't intend it to be that way when I b- grabbed the undead, but uh, that's going to be uh, definitely was in my bonus uh, bonus for me because it uh, sped up painting uh, tremendously. I think that's about it. Uh, wow, Isn't it's been so long. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Only like every uh, game you've ever heard of. <laughs> well, uh, you I, you guys get to talk to each other long, a lot, and you know that, uh, I mean, last time I was show was months, so can I go all the way back six months and tell you all the other stuff I've been doing? You can go as back as far as you want. No. You've certainly, no, no. you've just been really busy, it's pretty clear. <laughs> I I have, yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been traveling a lot. Uh, we're doing a lot of cool stuff. Uh, been to a lot of places in the UK, planning my UK trip. Uh, did some filming over there, did some interviews over there. Again, we could talk about that later since we're going to talk about tours you said earlier. Um, oh, you know what I did? I will mention one project that I did at Christmas time. That's going a little bit far back, but I'm going to mention it anyway. Sure. I built the uh, Red Dragon from Gale Force 9's Dungeons & Dragons line. And... Uh, it I don't know if you've ever seen that model. It's a, it is yeah, exactly it's what it awesome. is. It's a dragon. Yeah, it's an amazing model. It is definitely for the um, it's not for the faint of heart. It's definitely for the uh, the the advanced modeler. Uh, the wings alone, I think I put eight pins in each wing alone, and uh, so. But it was a super challenging and exciting build, like one of the best fun, most fun games. I mean, fun builds I've done in ages. So it was uh, it was a really it was a blast and that was completely for me. That was just I'm gonna build a model and have fun and there's no like fro- uh, a Frostgrave dragon you would probably see once a year maybe on the table, but it was more kind of a hobby a hobbying challenge for me. It's primed white and it has yet to have any um, any paint on it yet. 
Anyway, I, I, I will stop at that. Yes, actually, I've been I've been all over the place gaming wise. So and and I've never. Uh, this is the, I've been really excited about my hobby and about uh, uh, wargaming in general. It's 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 just uh, it's kind of a dawn of a new day for me. I get to do a whole bunch of different stuff. So watching your battle report, I did notice you missed one thing. Well, there were several things. You you only catch caught one. What? There was like a billion things, I think. Which one? Tell me. Uh, old one eye. When he rolls a six to hit, a six or higher, he gets to make an additional attack. So and and since he gets plus uh, since he gets plus one to all card effects and plus ones when he plus one when he charges when he charges right. any four fives or sixes gets you another attack. Ah, uh, four five or six. Yeah, when he charges because he gets plus two. Oh, when he charges, yeah. right? Or uh, just five or six if he's standing around normally because it's a. Uh... So normally he would get a five or six and he gets to roll again. Yes, because he adds plus one to himself because he's a card effect <laughs> and he gives all card effects as plus one. Damn it! I gotta make sure I remember that. It's so hard uh, to get all the rules down, and when you're playing, as you know, it's it's oh yeah, it's a it's always a challenge. I'm sure, especially but, with, the, uh, with the camera and everything, it was a little more of a challenge too. Yeah, I'm. You know what? I'm kind of used to the camera now because we've been doing filming, so that didn't really bother me. Just the environment was so awesome; it was almost to the point where I was like, "Oh my god, awesome!" And remind me to talk to you about "Oh my god, awesome" when when we talk about the UK tour and Warhammer World. But but that in particular was an "Oh my god, awesome" type of place because it was just their studios were beautiful. They were very super nice. I walked in and it was like you know family right away and. And uh, I know that they're working on their new studio area. Uh, we got a tour of that also, and just just good guys all around. Every 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 one of them was uh, very welcoming and, and uh, uh, really wanted to talk to us. And 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 yeah, it was it was a hell of a hell of a game. It was fun. Now I've seen their um, I've watched their battle reports online before, and I, I really enjoy watching those. But is it like a um, like a club or is it a studio? Like can people like in their local community, come in and play on their tables, or is it just for, for them and their stuff? Do you know what I mean? Well, well, anybody can challenge them, but I think you have to set it up. It's more like a doctor's office in a, in a way. You know, uh, they uh, they actually occupy currently, because remember, they're moving to a new studio, but yeah. currently they occupy the old city hall, and they're taking out a good, yeah, a huge section of the city hall, like a really big section of city hall, and... Uh, they have rooms, and it's laid out. They have a room that's full of terrain. They have a room that's full, a uh, uh, secondary room that's full of even more terrain. Uh, lunch room in the first terrain uh, uh, room. Hmm. Then they have their offices where they do all their computer work. Then they have a studio where they paint. Then they have the two other offices for the, for for uh, uh, the head honchos, let's just say. And then they have uh, one, two. Uh, I'm guessing four. One, two, three, four. I'm gonna say four studios that that uh, they game in, and those is just, you kind of wait, you kind of go in there, and they say, okay. I walked in to their their actually, I walked right into their staff meeting, which was awesome anyway, because it was really cool to see the how insight on how do they plan uh, their their campaigns, and then they said, well, listen, uh, go and under your uh, you know, go with Luca to the studio. To unpack your miniatures, you know, unpack my miniatures. We got ready. We talked about it, the scenario, what we were doing. Um, we then we filmed a little bit, like what scenario we we're going to play and what army I was playing. Then he left, 
and then came back and said, okay, like, total, like not, not a bad way, just said left and go, went and built his army list, came back, we did a review of his army list, and then we went for lunch. Like, I, ex- I was expecting oh, cool. us to get, right in, yeah, we get yeah. right into it, but yeah, no, no, we went for lunch, and then we came back and gamed all the time, and it was great. It was really good. Yeah. Exceptional, actually. Awesome. Well, guys, check out the battle report. Um, it's right on YouTube if you if you haven't seen it yet. It's a it's a lot of fun to watch to watch Terrace play, and uh, it looks like yeah. they had a really good time. And there's yep. a whole campaign uh, they've played. There's several games in the campaign up on on YouTube right now. So yeah, and a whole a whole storyline, and also, um, I would think just type in Nids versus Necrons war game mini war gaming, and you and it'll come up. Yeah, that's how I found it. I just typed in. Is that what you found? Oh, okay. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's uh, yes, hobbying. That's all I did. That's the only thing I did uh, this last little while. Actually, I know you know it's been tax season, so you've been pretty preoccupied. But have you gotten a chance to do uh, any hobbying at all? Well, so actually, this past weekend at my local game store was their annual swap meet. Ooh, nice. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, so you basically just go through and bring whatever it is that you want to get rid of. You can trade with their people for things that they've got. Um, so I unloaded a ton of extra Space Wolf stuff that I don't need. <gasps> you oh, don't need Space, space Wolf stuff? I, I, no, I don't. I thought... well, you know, I haven't, I haven't been really, you know, into the Space Wolves lately. So hmm. it seemed to make sense to... Trim down the collection make, a bit. Make, yeah, make, make room for some other things. Because, yeah, the, the collection does need some trimming, let me tell you what. It's nice. Bad. Did you uh, so much did stuff. you did you pick up anything at the swap meet or just drop stuff off? Uh, no, I mostly just drop stuff off. I, I I picked up um a board game. Yeah, that's about it. That's the only thing that it did. I I got rid of so much stuff that I thought it justified to pick up one little thing. So I did. <laughs> because it was, I mean, it was pretty. It was pretty crazy the amount of of people that were there. Um, the local game store hosts it. And they opened up a new section. Um, like they, they expanded. So this year, they actually had a lot more space than in past years. And I, it was it was actually really great. We were a little cramped, actually. I was a little worried we were uh, not going to have enough space for everybody. But we made it work. And it's always a good time. It was, you know, it was nice to hang out with friends and and be able to just sort of Shoot the breeze, get rid of some stuff, meet up with some people. Some people I haven't seen in a little while, too, which was nice. Um, so not technically hobbying, but hobby-related. Awesome. Yeah, our, my local game store does the same kind of thing they do. They call it a used game auction. But um, I'm hoping one's coming up soon because uh, I've been going through my, my stuff and figuring out what I need to need to get out of here. You know, it's I'd rather do it there than... Well, that was the hard part. Yeah, and I'd rather do it, it at the auction. Took me forever to figure out what I wanted to. Yeah. Then go through the hassle of posting up on eBay or anything, but. Yeah, that is a hassle, and this was nice because well, what's cool too is so you don't. It's not for cash; it's for store credit. Yeah, same thing for me. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna spend it there anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're just turning some hobby stuff into other hobby stuff, which is nice. It's yeah. like alchemy, but so... with plastic. <laughs> Tyranids, probably. <laughs> My I actually, I actually did Tyranids. get get rid of a couple extra Tyranids. Um, it turns out I what's had, going on? <laughs> I had like ninety five boxes of gargoyles, so I got rid of a few Only of those. Only ninety five? That sounds like yeah. Your five I just I started. 
I started going through and assembling a bunch of stuff and and I realized I had way too much stuff. Like yeah. thousands it's, of points of stuff. It's so, gargoyles and you didn't call me? I'm hurt. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. That's my bad. I, I'm I've got a lot that I'm not painting, but I will paint them. <laughs> All right, Jeff, how about you? Oh boy, Matt. Um <laughs> So since Adepticon, strangely enough, I have been doing uh, a lot of hobbying. Um, I think I talked about this earlier um, in another show, or maybe not. My uh, coming back from Adepticon, we decided to not let the the uh, the fact that our batteries were drained from uh, four days of gaming and actually keep the momentum going. So uh, my brother and I decided to do this kind of escalation campaign where he took the 1,000 points that he used in the team t- team tournament, and he wants to boost it to a 2,000-point force. And I took 1,000 points of my uh, Adeptus Mechanicus, and I'm boosting, I'm adding another 1,000 points to that, which means I'm going to have a, a lot of Adeptus Mechanicus, which is fine. I, I like them. They're, they're, they're great. Um, so that means that we're, we're playing games. We're starting at 1,000 points. Um, we're adding 250 points every six weeks, which gives us plenty of time to you know, go crazy, do conversions, do other projects on the side, but also uh, lights a fire uh, under our feet to actually get things done. So I'm, I'm adding some Cataphron Breachers. I'm adding some, uh, some more Infiltrators because with the, the, the Flechette uh, pistols, they uh, you have 10 of them, and they show up from infiltration they um they shoot 50 shots <laughs> and that's fun it, they're not good shots so they don't kill but when you say i'm shooting 50 shots to your opponent they make a face <laughs> that face is so much fun to watch Ugh, I've, I've made that face before <laughs> it's a good face it's a good face it's not an o face it's an ah face it's pretty amazing it's, uh, yes it's terrible so um, Very cool. I'm, go ahead no, I was going to say that's an awesome way to get uh, to build up your points. Uh, those uh, build, uh, growing campaigns are always great to to move uh, your hobby forward. So that's great. Good, good for you guys. Yeah, that's awesome. And six weeks is a good time frame too. I mean, you know, some people they get into campaigns where they get to have another two hundred points every week, and it just becomes a little too overwhelming. So. Yeah, and at, at some point, especially if you want to have like a cool looking army, and you're not necessarily the fastest painter, painter, or you don't have time, like you end up rushing things or like the, the, the schedule becomes so fragile that the moment you have to stay like to, to work a weekend of overtime because something happened at work, it, you're done. You're done yeah. for like you, you're, you're out of the campaign. You can't keep up and, and it, it kind of messes up your entire momentum. Meanwhile, with six weeks, you can either rush at the end or do like I do and just spread it out and mix in some other projects in the middle, which is a lot more relaxed and sure. It'll take us, uh, 48 weeks before we actually get the entire extra thousand points, but that means just by the time we get to next Adepticon, we'll have we'll both have enough points to build um, to, to build you know good armies for the the, the, the 40k friendly, and we've had you know, we, we didn't have to rush for it. We can in the middle of all that still work on our team tournament stuff for those of us to do it. And it's it it doesn't become a nightmare. So that's been a lot of fun. It's been it's been a bit challenging planning the 250 point increment increases because not everything fits that way. Mm. So, but anyways, it's it's also a good way for me to uh, to get rid of models. Uh, 
because unfortunately our our local stores don't have swap meets because those sound pretty cool actually i would i would love to go get rid of stuff there um, hey if just, you're gonna be uh in pennsylvania this weekend there's one in pa too at a local game store oh let me check my calendar <laughs> oh it turns out that i won't <laughs> Unfortunately, um, um, no, I, I know there's there's like bits trading and stuff like that at Adepticon. I should probably take advantage of that, assuming I can find the time. But that, that's the thing. Like, it, it allows me also to look at what models I had for the Adeptus Mechanicus and say, all right, these this is my extra thousand points. This is what I'm going to be cutting up in chunks of 250 points and adding to my army, and finally painting these gray ghosts that have been at the bottom of a drawer for a while. You know, for your last refined point, you just paint a knight. I thought of that, but I do have a thousand points of other things that were already purchased. <laughs> so, um, I but the, I mean, the thing is, once I've painted everything I own, then I can buy more. Yeah, very true. <laughs> <So> very true. <laughs> it's win-win. I for think everybody but my accountant. <laughs> I, I think that's a, uh, I think that that's really good for that too, because you really have to find the the right hole for whatever you're painting, and then it makes you dig even deeper into your collection and go, oh, you know what? I've always wanted to paint this cool model, but I've never had the time, and now is the time. So it's, exactly, it's awesome. Exactly, it's, it's it's just a good way of like progressing in the hobby, and in a way, and it it's all also a good way for us to, because I mean, we started me and my brother, but I I'm I'm aggressively encouraging other friends to also participate so like it's the kind of thing that's not too hard to grow now we're we're not really recruiting very well for 40k because most of the people we know who play 40k have decent armies but we're planning on starting somewhere later this summer the the same thing but with a for age of sigmar and that's going to be a good place like say like for people like hey okay let's start with 250 and then we'll add 250 and we'll just grow that way like do a a sort of a, a starter campaign for to get into that game too. What are you thinking of doing for Age of Sigmar? Oh, I've I've already well, let's just say at Adepticon, my uh, <laughs> my decision making was put to the test because I had chosen to do Sylvaneth. I have a cool color scheme in mind, and I want to do things with LEDs, and I want I want to have a bit of fun. Um, but then they previewed a lot of fish, and I like fish for food, and those models looked amazing so i was i was really put on the spot whether or not i was going to keep to my initial decision and i did i um i whatever i won at events in uh, at, at, at adepticon i traded in for sylvan f models i have a good sylvan f starting uh starting force but the good news is the really amazing news is that the uh, the joint battle scroll um, battalion thing that they have in the uh, the battle tome for uh, Idenf Deepkin the fishies is an alliance with the, with the Sylvanef Deepkin uh, Sylvanef uh, <laughs> army. So I can once I'm done with my Sylvanef, I'll have the Sylvanef portion of that battalion, and I then I can just add fish. There you go. Like a casserole. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Very cool. Um, for myself, I've been playing a couple games of 40K. Got to take the new Death Watch Codex for a test drive and, and really enjoyed that. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, and I've been trying to, I had a bunch of terrain kicking around uh, that, you know, was not finished. So I've been um, trying to work on that so I can, you know, just at least get one project completely finished. That'd be good. Um, 
Finishing also, projects, who does that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I also I picked up the um the Eld the Eldar um sketchbook, Jess Goodwin's sketchbook that they had. Um which is on the Games Workshop website, which you guys should check that out if you have the chance to. It's it's awesome. It's just it's split into two books. One is um Eldar and Harlequins, and the other one is Dark Eldar, and it's like a, a lot of his concept sketches collected and stuff in art for, for those races, so it's really nice. Yeah, those books are always awesome. Is that a Black Library book then, or is that a GW book? I got it off the GW website. I don't. It might be um, bought through Black Library though, but I yeah, I have lots of the uh, the different sketchbooks and art books. I think they're awesome. So it's nice to see. Uh, especially, I love when they have the older art from, you know, Rogue Trader in, in Second Edition. Yeah, it's always awesome to see that how they got to where they are, right? Yeah. In a lot of ways, yeah. It's a transition. It's a journey through history. So, uh, as JF had mentioned and Terrace had mentioned, uh, we, or I should say, those those two went to Adepticon. Unfortunately, Ashley and I were unable to attend this year. Um, so, I think we'll we'll just talk about that a little bit. Um, so. Guys, tell us, Adepticon, how was it? Uh, personally, I think it was the best Adepticon I've been to. <laughs> uh, sorry I, about I that. Guys, really? Uh, yeah, I mean... Well, if, if I can cut in, like, yeah, it was the best Adepticon ever, but that's because Adepticon in general has been on a constant, uninterrupted upward trend. So, yeah, they right. missed this one, but they'll be their next one, and next one's going to be even better. So it's all good. Right. Right, we we did miss them, right, Jeff? I mean, oh, yeah, sorry. yeah sorry. I had so much time to miss people. Uh, <laughs> right? No, it, it it was it was right. it did we suck that you guys missed. weren't there, but I didn't I didn't have time to think about it too much to be honest. Except when me and Devram were taping our episode, like it was it was clear that your uh, your your absence was felt. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Mac, I don't yeah. feel convinced. Yeah, I know. You know, sorry. sorry. Sounds like they uh, barely noticed, but that's okay. <laughs> so um so adepticon so terrace you had your you know your, your welcome dinner um yeah. you're saying you're playing some necromundans and frostgrave yeah i uh i i played uh with uh craig from the d6 generation and joe the writer of of uh of frostgrave the, and i also played with the uh creator of uh, the the person that ran their events there uh, we had a, a four-man game of Frostgrave when we were there. It was a tremendously awesome. One of the best games I've played of that game type, but I think also one of the best games I've played in recent memory. Like it was just epic. Everybody was laughing and giggling and and rolling dice and having fun. So that was that. It was an amazing experience. So thank you guys if you're listening. Um, so we, we did that, and then of course uh, we always have our welcome dinner. Um, which went tremendously. The nerd herders minus uh, Matt yourself uh, came and uh, put in a Necromunda game for us, uh, two actually, and that was a lot of fun. We had uh, Graham McNeil uh, and uh, Mr. Lewis uh, rolling dice with us. That was uh, awesome too. Um, just it was just a great night, and uh, and and uh, it was fun to see Necromunda come alive again it was it was a really good uh, a, a good night for a kind of uh, an epiphany that that the game was back so yeah really enjoyed that 
And uh, what else? I mean, the the vendor hall was really awesome. What do you think, JF? Do you think that the the vendor hall? I think it was. I think it was better than it's ever been. Better organized and just better, like lots of lots of people there. I agree, except I am trying to make an increased concerted effort to spend less time there because <sighs> there is, is oh, I. I, I go in there with a budget and I bust it. Um, no, actually, to be honest, I, I wasn't too bad this time around. I, I didn't I didn't go too crazy. I did I did spend a little more than I had planned, but very much in a in, in a in a reasonable manner. Um, other people, such as again my brother, did not have that level of reasonable. But then again, like he's got now he's got like some really cool gaming stuff that he's gonna be working on and some cool games. Um, I do regret not getting a few things, but I stuck to really utilitarian things. So I'm 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 glad about that. Yeah, I think I think that it had a good mix of non-GW stuff and GW stuff this year. Like it had a really lot of cool new side games you can play if you're a 40k player, and and uh, they also had a lot of stuff for for GW too. Lots of terrain, lots of lots of cool stuff. I I did not follow that advice at all. As a matter of fact, this year my goal was to absolutely not follow the I have a budget rule whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I actually did okay. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get too much stuff. Uh, I did come home with an extra bag though because uh, I told all my tour participants because we get the VIG uh, on the tour. You automatically get the VIG, and it was crazy how much stuff it was. Like I thought last year was a lot, but it, it, last year was puny compared to this year. Like just an amazing amount of stuff. Like. Games coming out, uh, your your bag was packed. If you had one bag, your bag was packed before the first night was over. Like it was. Crazy. Oh yeah. Even if you didn't have the VIG, it was insane. I can't. I can't even imagine. I don't think I could have brought everything back if I did have the VIG, just because my car was already packed with stuff. Yeah. It's nuts, eh? Like every year it gets bigger and more, and the support they get from you know everybody, almost every industry, uh, gives you something. Even G, I mean, not even GW, but GW gave you stuff. Uh, just just the line, go right down the line, and you're getting new and cool stuff too that you would never have thought. Ah, oh, you know what? I'm I'm not very interested in that. And then you get it, you're like, oh my god, this is awesome. So, yeah, it was a I've- really. Cool I think that's that's one of the things that the swag bag does in at Adepticon that I don't feel like I I go to a, a lot of cons and on average a lot of stuff that's in the swag bag isn't that compelling. Meanwhile at Adepticon obviously I don't use or keep everything I get but the sampler that we receive does make me discover new things and make me you know plan on vi- visiting specific shops in in the vendor area. Which is the job of a swag bag, and it works. Um, it doesn't work in the, fee- in the way that I feel like, oh, well, they gave me a coupon. I guess I got to go buy something. More, more like, hey, this is a really amazing like little piece of gear, and I need five more of those because they're really going to help my hobby. My hobby. Or right. they have this pamphlet, and if they, if they sell this one gaming gadget, what else do they have? And I, I, I feel that the, it's almost like the swag bag is both a bunch of cool stuff and also a, a service. 
Yeah, yeah. I think it actually really works. You're right. It doesn't work for every convention, but I think it really works for Adepticon. And I think that uh, I hope anyway that the that the vendors that contribute to it uh, appreciate uh, feel appreciated because I, it was really uh, very much a uh, uh, appreciated on on my side anyway. And, I, and like I, I said. I do my best to let them know it's appreciated. I yell very little at them, and I try to listen. Like even if I lose interest in what they're trying to sell, I try to pretend that I'm interested. Yeah, and uh, to, to be fair, I own I, I mostly go to literary conventions, and um, the swag bags are books, unsurprisingly, which is great. But it doesn't really necessarily make me want to go see specific publishers because until I read the book, I don't know what I'm getting. Yeah, that must be odd to go like um, just to change gears here just a little bit. But PAX is like that. The video game, you know, have anybody, any of you ever been to PAX? No, I have no. not gone. No, it's a great convention, and the seminars are incredible. I had a really a lot of fun when I went to their their PAX. But it's not you don't come back with loot. Right. It's a, it's a, because it's computer games, right? So you don't come, you might come back with a kind of a flyer or something like for a computer game. Lanyards. There's a, yeah, lanyards and there's, I mean, there's, certainly there's stuff to buy there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that there is anything, not nothing to buy there, but it's just, you don't, it's not the same. I was kind of not bummed, but just kind of, wow, this is a different experience than, than all the other conventions I went to. So I get it, uh, JF, about the literally lit, literary ones. I would think it would be the same. I'd, I'd, yeah. be curious, I'd be curious to see what PAX Unplugged has to offer because mm. it's unplugged. Yeah. yeah, so if, yeah. if I go to PAX, it'll probably be that one, uh, even though it's in, it's in Philly. Sorry, guys. I mean, Philly. <laughs> It's, yeah. you know, I think why the, the swag bag things really work at, at Adepticon is because, you know, like it, this year, you know, you got a dark age box set, right? The star set. So you can, you can yeah. go to their booth and see their stuff, but then you can also go find just people playing right in a tournament or something and seeing what, you know, what the non demo armies kind of look like, you know what I mean? So, yeah, and, and that, that is something that's worth mentioning about the vendor hall this year. I, there's something about it being, I don't know if it was just better organized uh, by the convention or by the shops themselves, but it felt like there were more uh, store store demos and they were more accessible and easier to get into than usual. Uh, now, can, that was great. Yeah, I completely agree. It really did feel like there was a spa- space to walk in there. And, and the halls, I don't know if they were bigger, but they definitely just felt bigger and, and more welcoming. All I think every store felt more welcoming for some reason. Yes. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, it was good. So yeah, uh, um, uh, we could talk about what kind of what we do at Adepticon because I did release my Adepticon tour for 2019. But so we could talk about that the tour wise uh, yeah, later if you like. Later if if you like. Okay. But I, I, or we could do it now. But but what I was gonna say is that I really do think that that's a convention that gets better every year. It feels like home now. I don't think you can say that the new location is a new location anymore. I think it's got that vibe of, oh, thank God I'm back home now again. And I really like that. Um, And the new location is just so much better. It is. It it is, yeah. It was scary leaving the old Lombard because that was where we kind of grew up, right? Yeah, for a long time. (laughs) You know know what I mean? But 
but uh, I, I, yeah. I think the, the adaptation came when we got used to using the shuttles and auxiliary transportation because what one of the big advantages of Lombard was we were right across the street from a mall and right next door to a Target. So getting snacks, getting food, getting Target's anything. Great. Oh, Target's that. amazing. I, it was we don't so have great. Targets you pop over anymore. there, get snacks, whatever. Totally reasonable. Walk yeah, over was, to a lot you, of restaurants. If you've, got, if you've got shorts, like our friend Craig did one year, you've got pants, so he went and bought some pants. It's great. Hey, oh, I forgot the, the, pants one year, too. Except the ones the, I was wearing. The first year I was in Lombard, I, I came to Adepticon at all, uh, was in Lombard, and I had forgotten to bring some pajama pants, so I immediately got to get, get go get some. Um, but once, once in Schoenberg, now that I'm kind of, I, first of all, I drive there, so I've got access to my car, but even before, like, just getting used to using the shuttle system, knowing what's in, in walking distance and what's not, once you get used to that, it, it kind of removes that one unpleasant thing of leaving Lombard, and then you're you're set, and it, it is a, a better location for everything else. So, yeah, yeah, it feels more, way more classy too. And there isn't, I mean, the Lombard didn't have there's no you know, not a bad hotel or anything like that. It's just that it just feels it feels better. But yeah, yeah. no, there. I mean, I certainly I, I that there's that, and then personally, I'll, I I did a, few, a couple demos and I talked to a lot of people and I got to game and I don't I, I don't always game now uh, but I got to game and we we also had a seminar with uh, James Wapple again we can talk about that later but but the, I went to a seminar I went to game so I, I I honestly can say that that was the the best Adepticon that I've had and so, uh, yeah. so what was the best game you demoed this year uh you know what? I'm really interested in a game called uh, what is it? Feather and F- Flint and Feather, or Feather and Flint? Maybe Feather and Flint. It's it's set in pre-colonized uh, Canada, I believe. Uh, so there's Native American war bands uh, up to about 16 uh, minis, no more than I think the average is more like 12 or 10. And uh, you play uh, rival tribes uh, getting loot. It's kind of, it's almost got a, a Frostgrave vibe on it for that way. Uh, there's spirits you can you can uh, uh, call, but the combat system and the turn sequence system is really interesting. So if you guys have any ch- a chance to take a, take a look at that one, that's probably a good one to to, to take a look at. Do you see that, Jeff? The the uh, I saw it by at the corner of my eye, but I didn't. I didn't like take a very deep look at it. I one of the things I, I do mostly at Adepticon is I try not to pick up any new games because they give you some in the swag bag to begin with. But also I I tend to focus on accessories and hobbying stuff. Like I, I bought a hundred dollars worth of bases and some brushes and some this and some that and a new compressor. I bought a lot. <laughs> I brought brushes this year for the first time, actually, for uh, uh, for the first time. And I really, really love them. Yeah, they're Games and Gears uh, brushes and, and just got I mean, myself. I have, I have some of their brushes. I really like those. They're amazing. And, and uh, with the soap, uh, yep. uh, buy the soap too, guys. Just keep that in mind. It's a big deal. I've, uh, I've been using did the you same. Did buy their synthetic or their natural hair brushes? Oh, wow, I don't know. They're t- they're they're elite ones anyway. I, don't, I, f- okay. I forget what they those are. are probably yeah. natural hair ones. Then. Yeah, natural. Yeah, yeah, they were amazing. Yeah, yeah, they were they were uh, 
they're they're good to go. But the soap—that's the thing. The soap is the ticket. Uh, I've I've painted for a long time and hadn't used it for a long time, and, and now I'm completely sold on on the soap. So uh, uh, keep that in mind when you're buying brushes that you might want to buy some soap too. Brush you can buy it cheap at a at a at an art store. Five bucks for a tub that'll last you probably. Forever, trust me. I, yeah. Like I was, like I was saying, I like I come from an art background, so in art school we had to buy like brushes and paints and stuff, and obviously soap. And I've been stretching that same tub of soap forever. Right, because and, and you'd be amazed at how much longer your brushes last when you use soap. Oh yeah, no, it's amazing. And it, I, to to be honest, like I've been using the same Windsor Newton um, Series Seven brushes for probably a decade, and they're yeah. all they're essentially new. I have my first Winsor Newton Series 7 still. I want it at a raffle, at a convention. I want to say in 2011 or 2012. So it's been a solid six or seven years. And it was the first one I ever tried that was a natural hairbrush. And I still have that baby. And I'm going to tell you, it's because of brush soap. Yeah. Now, yeah. if you were to compare it, it was a size zero, which I don't use very commonly anymore. I typically use larger brushes, a one or a two. But it was a size zero, and it was a free $20 brush, so whatever. If you were to compare it to a size zero now, it looks minuscule in comparison because the brushes do wear over time. But it still has a fabulous point. So if I need to do that little teeny tiny dot in the middle of somebody's eye, that's my brush. That's your brush. That's, the, cool. that's my that's my little teeny tiny eyeball dot brush and little other things like that. And you think it's because you, you use a soap that it's lasted. oh yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah it's or, it's it's strange because that it's it's a it, it's definitely something that everybody should know. Yeah, you know if you're in this hobby, you should. Know I mean. What, I, I don't want to stereotype too much, but I mean, soap, the hobby industry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 40K, 40K Radio brought to you by soap. Seriously, guys, use soap. <laughs> In all its forms. In all its forms. Yeah, I, I, make, I make the classic joke, but to be honest, like um, one of the things about Adepticon that's always, always also a lot of fun is that it does break a lot of the stereotypes that we have for the community because you – don't have that much of like I mean you've got a good variety of people from everywhere and you don't feel like it doesn't feel like the stereotype. It's great. Well, I'd agree. I think people are exceptionally uh, social at that convention anyway. I think that people really want to express that they love their hobby and and I mean certainly that's one of the drives about our tour is that we want to expand on that, that love and make sure that everybody's together and, and sharing that love of whatever they're doing. And in this particular case, it, you know, miniature wargaming. But you really have that feel of, you know, I I love this thing and I'm gonna I'm gonna, you know, shout it out from the top of the tallest building and and while wearing a cape type of thing. So, yeah, <laughs> well, you, yeah, you, it's, you, a, it's a good thing. You said it earlier in the sense that, like, one of the things that's, that's great about Adepticon is that it's 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 very much family. It's always it's, – it's a lot of times the same people that you meet year after year. When someone's not there a year, you feel that they're missing. And it's – there's – once you've been there one or two years, you get this feeling of familiarity. And 
since everybody that's there is there for essentially the same reasons for painting models or playing tournaments. And we, we all have the same things. We all have that connecting tissue that brings us together, which allows you to walk into an elevator and you see someone with a badge and you can start a conversation. I've seen that even at other cons that I go to, like except for maybe the horror literature um, industry, like it, you don't have that. I don't know why horror is so nice. Um, they're professionals. <laughs> oh, I see. Except the horror community. These guys are super nice. I don't know what it is. I think once you're weird enough to read and write about, you know, dismemberments, you, um, you feel like <laughs> you need to band together. <laughs> Everything's okay. No one is <clears throat> getting dismembered. No, okay. no, only in the I, book. I only in the books. Okay, I got it. I got it. Although that would be a good, cool book is to write about a literary convention where actually things does do go down. Oh, horror is already disgustingly self-referential. Like if you just look at um, like Stephen King, the amount of books that he writes where the protagonist is a writer, or how many. There's a lot of horror books that are about writers and horror writers. It is weird and uncomfortable and kind of getting boring. <laughs> All right. So we won't expect a book about you shortly. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so JF, you played in a couple of events at Adepticon. I played in two out of the three events I signed up for. Good. That's a good, good, uh, good average, you know? And I am proud to say that the event I didn't go to, it was a lack of time because of other social commitments and not because I was drunk. <laughs> I'm not saying I was never drunk. I'm right, just, just saying not at that time. I was never drunk enough to not do things except drive. <laughs> I didn't drive drunk. I'm not stupid. Um, so, no, uh, I, I did. I did uh, two tournaments. I did the 40k friendly, otherwise known as the best event at Adepticon. Sorry, other events. You have some catching up to do. 40k friendly is amazing. I was so bummed I missed it. Uh, it was it, it was so good. It was better. It, they, Brian and Jeff put on a better event every year, which is if you follow a bit Brian's life, how he actually manages to find the time for it is beyond me. But they do. And this year it was it was themed. It was let's just say that uh, 2016, 2017 have been difficult years. Um, and the, the theme for the 40K Friendly was Bill and Ted's uh, Excellent Adventure, most specifically the idea of being excellent to each other. And for the 40K Friendly, that just goes super well, and it felt needed. Um, if you want a, an, an idea of the kind of things that you have, obviously, the 40K Friendly, you play in large teams. Um, you don't – it's not about winning. It's about obviously having fun and meeting new people. And one of the ways of getting victory points uh, was you got two victory points if you bought your opponent a drink. Oh, awesome. Which means that a lot of people were yeah, buying right. each other drinks. <laughs> so uh, my sec I, for, for the first year, I remember all three of my games, so that's good. Uh, but my second game, I was playing against Orcs. And the moment I see an Orc player, I know I'm going to have a good time because you don't play Orcs. Add the 40k friendly if you're not there to have a blast. It was loud. It was rambunctious. It was violent. I loved every minute of it. It was amazing. That's awesome. Awesome. It, it, it is. It, I've heard 
some reports of it being not so friendly some sometimes. Was this year exceptionally friendly then, or there there is obviously like I'm like I'll give you an example. Like my first game uh, from this year, I was playing against someone who did not necessarily understand the concept of the 40k friendly, and he was basically using his list from the championship. Right. Uh, or from the gladiators, I can't remember which. And he showed up for with an extremely competitive list and didn't understand at first or for a while why I wasn't necessarily putting all my effort into trying to defeat him with my quickly assembled Adeptus Mechanicus. <laughs> um, I lost that game, obviously, and didn't. I mean, I didn't feel bad about it. I wasn't impressed by my opponent. I mean, he bought, he beat me with a tournament list, of course. Uh, but at the same time, I sometimes you will get that. But I don't. I've never really heard of anyone being a jerk about it because I think it only takes one year of have you know, playing three games aggressively and not having fun, and then not winning anyways because your score only ma- doesn't only matter so far. Right. Before you realize, oh, it it doesn't matter how much uh, of you know how hardcore and how try hard I am in this game. I like there's there's my entire other team would the rest of my team would need to be just as hardcore, and at the end of the at the end of the day, there's so many other weird factors that come into play to determine who wins, that it's it's just doesn't create like it, it makes the the goalpost so blurry. Basically, it, it it's like playing darts drunk. At some point, you stop being competitive because there's just so many dartboards you see at the same time that doesn't matter. Right. I'm not sure that that's analogy holds up. <laughs> nah, it works. It works. All right, I'll take your word for it. Cool. That's I'm I'm glad to hear that because I think that that event has to grow up because of exactly what you mentioned is that people have to realize ah this is what it is because there's a lot of competitive people that are competitive and don't get it that that's how they enjoy the game and perhaps somebody else might not enjoy that it that way and and I don't mean that in a negative way against competitive players I just think that. I mean, I, I talked about this when we were there at the t- on the tour. I said, you know, people, it's up to us now to kind of realize that there's a lot of different ways to play our games, whether they're 40K, whether they're Frostgrave, whether they're whatever game. There's lots of different ways to play that the games. And we have to look even harder at what how we, we want to play the game. And then we have to ask those around us how they want to play the game and i think that that's that's really the challenge right now is to find out how you play the game be honest with how you play the game and and then move forward to that for instance there's a lot of people that are are competitive players that say no they're storyline players but they're actually competitive players and then there's storyline players that say no they're actually competitive players but you got to be really you know honest with yourself in order for everybody around you to enjoy your games because that's how you play. And in removing the stigma that it's wrong to be a narrative player or it's wrong to be a competitive player or it's wrong to be a tryhard is is important because that's how people are going to be honest. Like if I'm not ashamed of saying, hey, yeah, I'm here to win games and I'm going to be really hardcore, then my opponents know what they're dealing with. But if I feel like I need to hide the fact that I want to be really competitive and go for the jugular, then that's when I'm going to pretend, oh, no, no, I'm just here for fun. That's why I have this this list with all these flying hive tyrants. Ha <laughs> uh, You know, 
and and create this false expectation that I'm not like that. I'm I'm gonna play a certain way and then play a different way. Yeah, yeah, and I th- I think that's a big deal. I think that 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 exactly is is a. I think that we're growing up as a as a as a family. No, there should be no tribes. There should be like, okay, this is how I like to play it. Let's talk about that. If you don't like it how I play it, then let's maybe not play as often together or play differently together or try to find a compromise. But most of all, just be honest with yourself about what kind of player you are. But yeah, I completely agree. Uh, JF, I, I agree. And it, it brings me nicely to the second event I did, which is the 40K team tournament, which is a more competitive event. My team doesn't play it extremely competitively because I'm there and I'm terrible at the game. So, but at the same time, I, I also don't play the team tournament the same way I played a friendly. The friendly is extremely bare and pretzel. I have a lot of taunt to, to fun there because I will try crazy strategies. I will try to get a one-on-one between the warlords just because it makes for epic duels. But I'm not going to do that in, in, in the team tournament because I'm playing with my team. My team is a little bit more serious than I am and they're a bit, bit more like the, the, the expect. Also, the opponents there expect slightly more competitive opponents, and I want to deliver on that. So I play differently, and I'm fine with that. I have not just as much fun. It's a different type of fun, but I have fun in the team tournament too, which we participated in, and it was insane. There were 500-plus players this year in the team tournament. That's unbelievable. Wow. 125 teams of four players. It was crazy. And for the first year, strange as it might be, after after what I just said, maybe maybe as a shift in mentality, I saw it more as a as eighth edition passing a litmus test. But out of the five games I played in the team tournament, a, a tournament that can get extremely aggressive if you play against some of the some of the more um, the, the the more intense teams. Mm-hmm. I had fun, and I'm not just saying like, oh, you know, it was passable fun. I had a good, like, a great time. Five out of five games. That's awesome. Wow, that's, that's awesome. Game. And that that's the first. That is a. I mean, I've always enjoyed the team tournament, but there was always at least two games that were meh. Maybe one of them was actually terrible because, you know, especially like on either on the first day, you, you, you wind up with your kind of casual team playing against a really, really serious team. And they're really into it. And they're measuring everything that you're doing and questioning every rule. And they're, they crush you and that's fine. But like they do it in an unpleasant way. Mm-hmm. And then there's also on the second day, you're playing against another team that ex- had high expectations for a tournament but they got knocked down to your level and they're just going through the motions and they're bored and they're kind of pissed and they're not having a good time and because they're not having a good time, you're not allowed to have a good time and that's just terrible for everyone. There was none of that this year and I I mean, nice. it sounds sycophantic, but I feel that's a lot has of it that has to do with 8th edition being the game that it is. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, eighth, eighth is a different game completely. I think it's mm. way more inclusive. I think yeah, everybody. Definitely. I think everybody can play eighth. I think the old timers that have had like me, that have had you know been there, been around for Rogue Trader and had armies that long can. Br- <laughs> You're old. I know. <laughs> Damn you. Uh, but can bring their um, bring their old old miniatures to play and 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 have fun and and 
what I think is the best thing about eights, I don't know, did I mention this before, but I think is that it allows every unit to do something. Like, yeah. I think seventh really, you put ministers on the table and they did nothing, you pull them off and that, or they'll be removed for you. And, and that, and that was it. But eighth really has this amazing ability to let everybody do something at some time. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Not, not to mention also that the way Games Workshop has been treating the game so far, even when you do encounter something that feels like it's ridiculous, instead of thinking, well, I guess I'm stuck with this for the next two years, you can feel confident that if there's something ridiculous, it's probably going to get fixed in a few months. Yeah. Like those high tyrants. Yeah, they're definitely yeah. on top of, of all the right. outliers. Yeah, and and that that's fantastic. It's 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 so important to have this be way more of a living game, and it's it has a huge impact on just the attitude that people have going into a game. And I I'm, I have a feeling that we're slowly going to see the the agonizing death of of, a, of list building meta. Like there's always going to be a bit of the meta, but the idea that this is the list for like this edition until a new broken codex comes out. Right. I don't I don't, I don't think that's going to survive very well. And, you know, it's great to, you know, as they fix these things, just to see the, the variety of armies that sort of, you know, end up come, rising to the top, right, in these tournaments. Because that's kind of, mm. as you were saying before, you know, 7th edition, it was, you know, the, the flavor of the week where it was, this army was great until, like you said, the next Codex came out. And then this army, that was able to beat that army, so this is a new thing, you know, whether it was um, Eldar Death Stars or the, you know, the crazy demon list. But now it feels like... You know, as as races get their codexes, as armies get their codexes, they're on a pretty even footing with everybody else. Exactly, yeah. and that, you're probably going to tell us a bit about that when we talk about the Death Watch Codex, because that's that's one I'm curious about how it's influencing the uh, how it's going to influence things. I like this little bit of a shakeup, though. It, it you know it yeah. makes it feel like a more fluid game. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think that GW is uh, – oh, that's another thing I will say about Adepticon and GW is that GW has never, outside of Warhammer World, to me, been – like Warhammer World, when you go to Warhammer World, it's like going to a, f a family business. It's amazing. The people are there super good and everything like that. But GW at Adepticon this year – was exceptionally welcoming and just forthcoming and just there you could tell that it's just new people that want to work there that are young and excited about what they do they're doing and just just this energy that they had and at Adepticon you it, it was they were approachable they were there was you know they were you know giving us stuff and and with the rules like we were just talking about they're interactive with the rules and I think why wouldn't they be interactive with rules? Because it's theirs. You know what I mean? So I think it's a new realization with GW that, that it's, this is our game and let's, let's, let's make, let's treat it as if it's our game, you know? And, and, and you know, just the way they handle it now too, you, like you can go to their Facebook page and put questions on there or email them to them. They have a specific FAQ email address and they show up in the next FAQ. Yeah. You know? So it's not like, before old GW where FAQs were sporadic and, you know, when, when they kind of get around to it and now they're, they're on top of it and they're answering the questions people have. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's real. It's awesome times. It really is. Yes, indeed. For sure. 
So, so uh, JF, how did the team tournament go for your team? Well, we had a blast. We had a really good time. Five out of five games. Excellent. Um, did you did you take home any awards? I know you guys won best display last year, right? Uh, no, last year we bought we we won best theme and presentation. Ah, yes. Pretty much the best award we can get because we don't play well. I don't play well. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, and this is this is what we're going like. We liked we liked the, the the appearance, team presentation, that kind of stuff. Like we like to paint pretty things. Uh, and this this year we won uh, for the best display. Awesome, very cool. Yeah, I was I'm I'm very happy about that because we one of the things one of the problems that we had with our army was. Because we were doing historically the uh, the defense of the, uh, the the Imperial Palace, the uh, the Gate of Eternity or Eternity Gate, I can't remember. Um, we didn't have many conversion options. Like you can't change how the Custodus looks. Like you right. need to stick to things that are relatively standard looking. So what we decided to do was instead of converting how the actual model looked was to include, make the bases extremely cinematic. So most of our bases had the characters in action poses. Like all of my, all of my custodians are slaying um, world eaters. Um, the, the blood angels were killing blood letters. And that's awesome. incorporated in the bases in extremely dynamic fashion, which then incorporates even further into the, 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 the display we had. So it created like this really nice story driven display. And the closer you looked, the more you could find these little vignettes of stories. And that was that was a lot of fun. Also, I only had to paint eight figs. <laughs> Because I did custodus. <laughs> I paint, I paint, I mean, I, I painted more than eight, but my army, my playable models were eight figs. I feel like that's cheating, but also genius. Right, right. It was, it was pretty great. Like, I'm, I'm very happy. Like, my, my, my land reader is heavily converted, so it looks, it looks cool. Um, and I'm, I, I did have a fairly complex uh, paint scheme that involved having marble <laughs> painted on everything. Oh, awesome. um, Why not? Well, you have only got eight figs, plenty of time, right? <laughs> so I'm, you know, it, it, I don't feel bad for doing only eight figs, but at the same time, thank God I only had eight figs. Right. Well, yeah, it allows um, you to, to go crazy with what you're doing, and clearly you did, right? Yeah. You got to, you, get, you got to bring it to an, another level because of the eight figs. Yeah, it was it was it was worth it. It was a lot, a lot of fun. Now, do you have pictures of your display? I do. For I would need to. That, that didn't get to see it because we I should upload them somewhere. Put them on our Facebook. Yeah, like our Facebook page, maybe. I didn't put it there. I, I will. I totally will. Oh no, I didn't put it there because I wanted us to have the episode out first, <laughs> so that there was context for it. It's all good. Yeah. Good so planning. So head over to our KF. Facebook page and check out JF's award-winning display. Guess I have to upload it now. <laughs> I I I completely agree with you putting it on Facebook. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before we talk about the news that came out of Adepticon 40K, we're gonna let Terrace tell us about all the awesome tours they have coming up at Geek Nation Tours. Sure. Um, well, since we're talking about Adepticon, let's uh, I'll go there first because we uh, I just released our, our, our Adepticon tour I think two weeks ago. Uh, we are now yeah the last week in April, so uh, we're almost sold out. Uh, we've already got uh, just under thirty, 
uh, and we usually uh, sell out somewhere around the 30 mark. I might bump it up to a couple more uh, spots, but if you're interested in, in, in coming with us for Adepticon, uh, hop on it soon. We got a awesome lineup this year. What we do is we we bring everybody to the con. We make sure that there's transfers to and from the airport. You get to before the con uh, a week prior when Adepticon opens their cart. You get there to get there in a week earlier to go into there, get the, the events that you want. And you never have to worry about not getting what you want. You get, like I said before, you get the VIG automatically. I pick up all your stuff. You don't even have to worry about getting in line. It's all at the welcome dinner. You walk into the welcome dinner. All your swag is there. All your tickets are there. Your badges are there. And some gifts from from us. We do a two custom miniatures, uh, uh, f- both a sci-fi and a fantasy one. So we we have a whole bunch of gifts. We have our our uh, our objective marker also for the tour. But you just get tons of tons of gifts at the first night, and then every night we do an event. We do some sort of cool, uh, uh, act interactive geek elite event. We like I said for our welcome dinner, nerd herders came by and did this whole. Uh, uh, Necromunda thing. We had GW people there. Uh, Duncan was there. Uh, Graham McNeil was there. So we really have this kind of interactive thing for our welcome dinner. This year, we're going to have Blood and Plunder guys come. So you're going to play pirates. Uh, there's hobby challenges to get you to paint a, a, a small four-man unit of, of, of pirates. And we're going to play pirates. They're going to be dressed up in their outfits uh for that so so that's the kind of thing that we do we have an industry leaders night uh we're gonna have the guys from fantasy like games to come by with uh, star wars legion mantic's gonna be there uh uh anvil eight games is gonna be there we're hoping to get the guys from feather and uh flint and feather like i was talking about before and we also have the guys from printable scenery there so they're going to talk about you know how 3D printers are, are affecting our our industry. So seeing kind of on the cusp. So we go bowling one night. Anyway, there's tons of stuff that we do on our tour that d- just makes it just so much fun. And, uh, again, the whole point is to bring in the community together. You go there. Everybody knows your name. You all love the same thing, and you get this sense of a community within a community. So that's Adepticon. So we're really and, proud of that one. And I think, you know, yeah, I mean, you touched on it, but, you know, I, I, we've all seen Terrace in action. Actually, and JF, you've been on some of Terrace's tours, right? Yep. I've been on one of them. Yeah, yes. it's, it's amazing. Amazing. And Ashley, Ashley, too. Yeah, if, if there's a guy that takes care of you, it's Terrace. And, and, and like you said, the one probably one of the biggest advantages of signing up you know, for the Geek Nation Tours tour is you get into the cart a week early because I can tell you, I'm there when the cart opens, and by the time I get to checkout, stuff is already sold out. Yeah. yeah, and it's in never never assume that the activity you want is too obscure for it to sell out quickly. Car Wars went faster than I needed it to. <laughs> right, right, and that's the thing. That's a, I mean that that definitely is a draw, and 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 uh, just they're so adaptable to us and and get allowing us to do that, and it's it's a it's a you don't want to come. Especially, you don't want to come across the world or across the North America and get there and and not play what you want to play. So, yeah, um, not to say that their card is a jambles or anything. It's well organized. Oh, it's yeah, incredibly well organized. 
yeah. as a matter of fact. But uh, yeah, if you want, if you really wanted to guarantee that you can get in there, come and visit us because because uh, we're happy to do that. And we actually always already have a seminar. I don't know, James. I, I don't know if you know, but we had. James Wapple uh, give a seminar this year for only GNT guys, and he doesn't paint it. I mean, he doesn't teach at Adepticon anymore. So he was just uh, there for us, and, and it was amazing to watch watch him paint. And it's it's like learning a whole new art form. Uh, it's crazy. He's he's an amazing person, but also an amazing amazing uh, uh, human being. Also, so um, yeah. Thank you for saying that. I try to take care of everybody. I want to, I want everybody to have a good time. For the record, if you want to know how how seriously uh, Terrace takes uh, the, the the satisfaction of the people on his tours, I've seen him angry at a supplier during a tour, and it's a thing to behold. He really gets into it. He wants us to have a good time and not be disappointed. Yeah. Really? I wonder who I was angry with. <laughs> I'll, I'll, te- I'll tell you later because tell obviously okay, that's good. not on the air stuff, but you'll okay. remember. Good, good, good. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's. Uh, I I I want to make sure that everybody's good having a good time, but I also want to make sure everybody's having a good time together. And I think that that's really the big thing for me is to make sure that everybody's having that everybody's everybody's having fun as a team, and and that's where where it goes good with me. Well, I um, I still talk to. At least half the people that I went on the UK tour with, I'm still friends with most of these people. Yeah, that's and you see some of them at Adepticon too, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, see, yeah, that's and that, that makes me happy. That really does. And well, and, and talking about the UK tour, we have some incredible stuff happening in the UK tour. Of course, we've got uh, uh, Mini War Gamers. They're they're going to be there with us. They're going to do. A, we're going to game almost every night that we're at Adept, uh, on tour in the UK. Uh, they're going to uh, uh, hang out with us. Uh, he, uh, we're going to have a uh, how do you say? You're going to have a themed mini wargaming universe campaign all the way through the whole tour. Um, so uh, we're going to go to Salute. This is the first time we're going to Salute. We always tried to make it so. It, that tour has always been kind of going to uh, uh, Games Day, but of course they don't do Games Day anymore. So uh, that is a big deal for us. We're going to do Games Day uh, instead of getting doing Games Day. We're doing Salute this year. So we're going to start in London and we go to Salute, and then we head north to Hadrian's Wall and do a whole bunch of history history stuff. We have uh, uh, living actors that walk around as centurions and Celt warriors and talk talk to us about Hadrian's Wall. And then, then from there we, we head south to York, and then game through York. We go to, then we hit Nottingham, and then we go to almost everybody that you could ever imagine. Like we go see Warlord games, we go see Manta games, we go go see War Games Foundry that we've never been before, which is the, kind of the history of war, of GW. Uh, we go, we talk to Atlantis Miniatures, we talk to uh, uh, Mears, uh, of course, and then we also go to Warhammer World. And actually, you were just there. Is it? Isn't it? Uh, isn't it crazy amazing? I blew my mind. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I heard people tell you know great things about it, but I, you know, I just I didn't really get it until I was there. Like, uh, oh man, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like talking about the, you go through their displays, their miniatures displays. Uh, I I got that, I got a, a guided tour actually, which was phenomenal. 
because yeah. I was there. I did the interview, and um, so I actually got to go through with Eddie, which was really cool. And right. so I got a lot of, of history and things about the displays and how they were built and who worked on them and everything else, which was extra special and wonderful. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's what we're gonna try when we go through there. Is it? I couldn't even speak when I got out of there. Oh, it like, blew my I, mind. I was, my mind. I was like, oh my god! I just walked through the whole of 40k universe, and it wasn't all like there was huge displays, but there was tiny displays too, or tiny yeah. quote unquote. And even those smaller, displays, I guess, is the more correct yeah, smaller, word. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just, it was, it was crazy, amazing, and and. Uh, and again, so welcoming, a new sense of energy and purpose there, and you game right in front of, in the midst of everybody. Bugman's was great again, uh, beers flowing, lots of stuff to buy, lots of stuff to see. So again, an amazing thing. So yeah, we're going to be going that. A um, couple really, really cool things, once-in-a-lifetime things. The, the whole tour is trying to bring historical gamers and uh, science fiction gamers, GW gamers together, kind of get outside of the box. I'll be doing a whole bunch of uh, hobby challenges, getting people – again, we do hobby challenges at Adepticon also, getting them to kind of work together and say, you know what, if uh, – uh, um, you guys that are uh, historical gamers, why don't you try to do a little bit of Necromunda? And then you GW gamers, why don't you do a little bit of uh, uh, Hail Caesar? So we're going to try to cross-pollinate a little bit. But I was there this last year, and, and the Perry's amazing people. Everybody in Nottingham is, is amazing. Everybody. And uh, the Perry's said, I, I said, I, w- I want to bring my guys to your shop. And they're just like, well, we don't really have a shop. We have a warehouse. And I'm like, I don't care. They just want to see your boxes and hang out with you. And they said, you know what? Don't worry about that. Why don't instead you guys just come to our place? So we're going to go to their homes and see where they game and watch their gaming table and see their art and, and miniatures collections. And, and so – once in a lifetime experience right there like you're gonna see yeah isn't that amazing and then then john stollard is like wait the perrys are doing what no 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 <laughs> then then you, then you have to come and game at my house so we, we go and game with with john stollard at his house so i uh, just uh, again once in a lifetime never do it again probably these guys have been phenomenal and just incredibly welcoming and you will feel feel welcome on the tour and if you want to celebrate your hobby and and you've wanted to go to games workshop or nottingham for years then this is the time to go 2019 april so lots of time to 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 uh to save lots of time to plan grab it because it's going to be amazing and uh yeah, just a, uh, just incredible um, uh, uh, partnerships that we're getting. Oh, by the way, we just got a partnership with uh, Games and Gears. They're so, they're going to be our official brush sponsor. So uh, don't I, I I can't tell you what it's going to be, but they're going to be giving us uh, some brushes for all our tour participants also. So so anyway, so just just there's so much happening that we've got tons of tours here. But those are the I don't want to go on about all the other ones. I'm working on my Japan feudal Japan tour. Uh, for 2019 also that is going to be amazing I have another partnership that I can't tell you now but uh, blow your mind type of uh, partnership for that one just a lot of cool tours all the way through but those are the ones I wanted to ramble on I wanted to make sure that everybody understood that those ones are filling up right away and 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 uh, please come and join us we'd love to have you and 
you know, just knowing, you know, you, you for a while and the tours that you do. And I would say if, if you have any sort of, of geekdom, Terrace probably has a tour that matches it. So I would. Oh, to, no joke. Tour yeah, for so. everything. <laughs> and if you go to uh, geeknationtours.com, you can see them all and, and, like he's got Harry Potter tours, Star Trek tours, like you mentioned, you know, his Japan tour, uh, the miniatures in the UK tour, different conventions, you know, Gen Con, Adepticon. He, he's got something to cover you. Even if you just want to go hang out in Mexico and, and play some games, he's got one of those too. Yeah. <laughs> sure do. Yeah, that's awesome. So it's very, very cool, uh, cool time. Yeah. Uh, for us so uh, and thank you to everybody that's listening that's that has been that have come on tours in the past including jf and and uh ashley thank you uh incredible amount of support i've had in this endeavor and, and i really appreciate you, each and every one of you yeah i'm just looking forward to the next opportunity i'll have to be on a tour yeah, yeah i'm really, really looking good time. one of those japan tours I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, this is in the UK tour. Oh, there's, there's, um, like Japan never really had that much of an, an um, attraction for me until I heard that they're opening a Studio Ghibli amusement park. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. In 2020? I'm sorry, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. heard me, Ashley. You heard me. So yeah. I, I, oh, I think God. Terrace needs to get on that. <laughs> well, Terrace, sign me up for that 2020 tour. All right. Well, you know what? That we've already done our uh, miniature—I mean, uh, anime tour this year. Uh, that was actually happening right at Adepticon, so I was a little bit nervous how that was going to work, but it worked really well. I have a great guide over there, and uh, I was bummed because I always go on the Japan trips, and I couldn't this time. So, but uh, not that I wanted to miss Adepticon anyway, but but uh, can't be in two places but at Japan. one time. Sorry, Adepticon. Yeah, um, that. That was our kind of our first anime tour, and now we've we've got totally how to change it, how to make it better, and yeah, we're 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 we went to the studio, but we didn't of course go to the amusement park, so because that's not doesn't exist yet. So, but yeah, that's that's <laughs> uh, that's definitely in our plans for sure. Awesome, very cool. So, like we said, if if you have if you have a, a passion, a geeky passion, Terrace is going to tour for you. So, go to geeknationtours.com, check it out, sign up. Terrace will take excellent care of you. Awesome. Stamp collecting, uh, bird watching, yeah. whatever. You yeah. got something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah, not. It, it's going to go deeper. It's going to go deeper That's for right. sure. There's no tribes. Everybody's a geek together, man. We can cross pollinate. We can do whatever. So, <laughs> coin collecting. That's uh, right. <laughs> animal Which, husbandry. Whatever. That's, that's, it's all that's, there. That's right. It's all there. We we will we'll, we will do it all eventually. I um, we have a tour. <laughs> you know, I two things. Got I got I got to get my daughter to a uh, concert. Her her grandfather's singing, so I got to get him. But I bowed out from the concert to play our first cooperative uh, uh, 40k game tonight. So I got to set up for that. Um, really excited about that. We're gonna each do 5,000 points, and then I'm gonna put all the nids that I put that we took on. No, sorry, 500 points each, and. Uh, 
uh, I'm going to put all the nids that I took to Mini Wargaming onto the table, and it's going to be a last and standing. We have to last six turns, and and the nids get to keep on putting things on the board. Cool. So, but it, but it's good. We, what we've done for that, I, I, I wanted to mention it because I learned something when I played that Frostgrave game at Adepticon. Joe said, like, how do you control the non-player character? And that's, I was really interested in how how that mechanism could happen. And uh, Joe said. We're going to vote on it together, but we're, the underlying logic is going to be what would happen in the movie. And then, so we would all say, okay, no, this is gonna, what's going to happen in the movie. And then the next person, no, this is what's going to happen in the movie. And then we would come to the conclusion that, oh, okay, you're right, that would happen in the movie. And then that's what the nids will do. Oh, cool. So, yeah, that's, that's how... Yeah, so we're going to kind of vote on each thing. I mean, nids are pretty easy because they all just want to get into close combat and chop you up anyway. Yeah, yeah. But that that's going to be kind of how we're going to do the the AI. We're all going to be the AI together and say what's going to happen in the movie. So hopefully that will work out good. So Awesome. Yeah, that sounds like but, a lot of fun. Yes. So anyway, I will bow out. But yes, I do still want to talk about Adepticon. So like, can please, please let's do that. Okay, so... Uh, there was GW had their seminar there at Adepticon, and we got some uh, great 40k news. Um, we heard about the next three codexes, which were Death Watch, Harlequins, and Knights. Um, Death Watch is up for pre-order right now, and I think Harlequins are uh, within the next couple weeks, and then Knights will be after that. So they're they're getting through the codexes pretty quick. Um, after that, we'll have what'll be left, guys. Uh, Space wolves, space wolves, space um, wolves. orcs, in, orcs, and yeah. cults. Yep, and that's cults, yeah. it, right? That one's coming. That one's coming. No, no, no. Yeah, that's right. And the G because we had one on Gene Steeler code already, but yeah, 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 yeah. The new one hasn't come out yet. Yeah, and the mm-hmm. news, and the news. Yes, the yes. news. So they they finally, after waiting and and begging from all sorts of people. Next year will be a new Sisters of Battle codex with plastic Sisters of Battle. The dream come true. And very important to note that they're like one of the things that bothered me about a lot of rumors that we've seen in the past about oh new new sisters was always the idea that it would just be a revamp of the existing collection or a reissue of things. But the way they're talking about that, the fact, the reason why it's in in 2019 and not in 2018 or late 2018 is because they're redoing the line. This is a dark Eldar style relaunch of that faction. And, and, and not only are they redoing it, cool. but unlike what they they've done before, they're going to preview it as they're doing it. Yes. Which they're is exciting too. They're going to roll it out. It. It's going to be good. I'm yeah. super excited about all that. I think there's lots to be excited about. I think that that's is an amazing thing. I, I, I'm, 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 I mean, who, would we have thought? Who, who of us would have thought that they would have done that? I am shook. They're going to pull out a new like Xenos race before they would have done Sisters. To be honest with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. It's it's an amazing thing. And I think that that partially sort of speaks to you know quote unquote the new gw because if you went back two years who would have thought we would have had a gene Steelers cult codex you know that was a little mm-hmm. side thing in a citadel journal from 1989 you know 
I think, if I will predict it, and uh, you can laugh as if you want, but I think the squats are coming back. I know we're going to put the time back. No, I am in full agreement with that. They have unequivocally said that the Tyranids ate them and they're gone. Repeatedly and often on their Facebook page. Be that and not, as it and not may, in that like cheeky British way. So Be I'm that not, as it may, I mean the the demiurg are still a thing and I mean they can retcon to say that the, the demiurg are remnants of the squats that escaped to the to the uh the, the Dam- Damocles region and now they're like a a, a, a nomad spacefaring mining like, they can go yeah. any way they want to bring back squats or a squat like army. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I mean, it, it, they will change it to Demiurg. It's not going to be called Squats. So they could say as much as they want about Squats because it's that's not going to be the name anyway. But essentially, they're going to be the same. I, but, I will predict that this. I, I've, I've, first of all, I have no insight whatsoever. I say I have no, <laughs> no, no we, one's we telling me. Here, not didn't coming you, know? here. you heard it here first. Yeah, GW <laughs> is not coming this way. He's not. They're not saying terrorists. What do you think of this? This is not happening. But they do ask me. Okay, good. No, I'm lying. Um, but but no, how, how many would have predicted a Gene Stealer cult uh, codex? Or j- just even before that, Harlequins. How yeah. crazy yeah. was Harlequins when that came out? The whole line it's, revamp, it's, yeah. Exactly. It's it's insane. Like it's it's they've done this and the and the sisters will add that. So that's three races or three new codexes that are. Are uh, you, I mean, what about the custodes? Can we add them? Yeah, add absolutely. Them? Add yeah, custodes. Custodes. yeah, absolutely. And and the right? fact that they made the custodes one of the first truly viable, truly elite army, and it yeah. works, and it's not crazy. It's balanced. It's playable, and it's fun. Yeah, exactly. Everything about this. What about Sisters of Silence? That, right. Like, yeah, like, it's just They have. I don't, think don't push your but but yeah. they're there but they're out. I don't, I don't know that I don't have a codex, but they're out. But I, anyway, <laughs> what I'm saying is that those I would never. If somebody would have said terrorists go back two years and then give me the news, I would have laughed in their face. Right, like right. I would have, <laughs> You got to be kidding! But now it's just like anything's possible. Really, it is. Like just like wow. And if there is interest, and there is interest, and there's room for it in the lore, and I'm, they can make the room in the lore now with the the, the, the way they're they're shaking things up. I mean, it's from my universe, point, anything can happen. Exactly, and and from my point of view, the idea of like having squat survivors who become the demiurg, or and now they hate the Imperium because the Imperium never treated them well and abandoned them to the Tyranids. What the the Imperium is, didn't treat non-humans well? I'm sure. It's weird. I know it's stretching the concept. I think the, with the compassionate with the Demiurge, Imperium, you bring back the Beastmen. Why not? Why not have like yeah. a? Yeah, why they, not? There's so many ways it could go with this, and that that's one thing that's going to be exciting is if they do bring back squat or squat-like army, what are they going to do? And that that's fascinating. They could go totally dark. They could go totally bright. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing. It's the grim dark. What do you think they're going to pick? Right, right. Exactly. Ah, there's so they go, there's still orcs. They can go, like, <laughs> totally dark. Well, I am looking forward to the orc codex. But, yeah. but uh, I, 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 you know how I judge an orc codex, though? I judge the orc codex by the weird boy powers. Oh, yeah. How, how off or, the wall they, they are. 
Oh, well, how the shock attack gun works. Yep, and the yeah, shock that's attack right. gun. Yeah. Those two, yeah, exactly. Those if the two, shock attack gun can kill your own models, you're, there's there's a good chance it's a better codex than if it doesn't. And <laughs> if you really don't know what psychic power you're using, that's perfect. <laughs> yes. If the weird boys are weird. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, but no, I I think that we live in a again. I say it over and over again. We live in a the golden age of wargaming. But you get to pick whatever – I mean, the the choice you have now has never been greater. Models have never been better. Like, you can you can be – have a full Space Marine army or you could have a Gene Steeler cult army and everything in between. It's crazy, the, the choice out there. Amazing. I mean, just looking at armies, you know – at their highest level. I mean, there's got to be at least 20 armies now for 40K. If, you know, f- five years ago, if no one would have believed if you said there was 20 armies for 40K. There would have been 20 armies available. Yeah, crazy. And completely separate armies that you could run by themselves, too. Yeah, right? I mean, really, like, the, the Space Room Codex, if you go by chapters, has really eight different armies in it there, you know? So it's it's exponential, the actual amount of armies that, that are out there. But Yeah, it's crazy. It's good. It's beautiful. Thing of beautiful. Talking about other armies, though. They, uh, yes. they also previewed their, I don't know, Deepkin army for Age of Sigmar, which is basically sea elves, but with awesome models. If you wanted elves riding a turtle, this is the army for you. Or Who an octopus cares with about swords. turtles? Sharks. Sharks, octopus Shark with swords. riding elves. So everything yeah, you want. The octopus. Uh, Octopus, the, oh, that octopus model is amazing. Um, well, I, I, I just want to buy it. I just want to paint it. It's oh, crazy. same. Like I mentioned earlier that I'm not doing uh, I don't have deep canned. I'm doing the silver nav. But you. I no, I will eventually add the fish. <laughs> but before I even get to that, I will buy octopus dude, just yeah. to paint him because, like you, Ashley, like I, it's such it's a cool model. Too good a fig. Too good a yeah. fig. Now, this is how I see this army, and, and tell me if you think that this is uh, is a correct vision. But this is the artist's army. I mean, clearly. Much, what I mean, what can you you? How many options there is to paint a turtle, or a shark, or an octopus? How many vibrant colors you can get in yeah. there? How much coolness you can make the shell of a turtle look like? You know, yeah, am, just, am, am I going like deep sea colors, or am I going full tropical? Yeah, exactly. And swirls and and just glowing stuff and and the and everything is so dynamic. Like they have the miniatures look like they're moving, and that's what I, I mean. Full, complete wow, GW, out of the. You box. can get all your scenery at the pet store in the aquarium section. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> and and this is and, an army nobody was expecting. No, no. You know, just because I, I I mean. What's great about the Age of Sigmar lore is that it has that three-dimensional aspect, like not like you often see like one plane above each other, and even when you're on the same plane, but like two kind of floating rocks type of thing, that type of scenario. So you would this is just an extension of that 3D vision of Age of Sigmar. So it totally relates to how they wrote the fiction, and now you get fish that are, that are swimming and attacking some corn guy on a on a lava planet like it's like wow blow your mind type of fantasy stuff it's cool yeah it's, it's a very 
visual army, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, um, I mean... Yeah, they, they look awesome. Um, as JF already, you know, is going to be sneaking them into his, his Sylvaneth army. Um, but I think this... this all... think, think, think about it, Matt. Matt, picture this. A Finding Nemo-themed army with clownfish <laughs> colors. <laughs> I like it. I, like yeah. it. I do, too. I'm glad you're painting it. <laughs> no, that's not what my thing yeah, is. you can't get me to do those stripes. <laughs> and, and, you know, I think that the release is just, and these releases we've been seeing sort of speaks to how GW works now. You know, this they're, they finished with all the orders from it, but the pre-orders for the, the miniatures, but in the space of a month, everything's available for the army. You know, uh, us old older players like Terrace and, and Jeff and I actually have been play, playing quite that long. But we can remember, you know, when you get a codex with a unit in it, and then it would come out three years later. Yeah, that you yeah, have to do in the plastic kit, if at all. Wave serpents, for that's example. Right. That's right. Yeah, evil wave serpents. <laughs> at least we could make it out of a cardboard box and and uh, some twine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Deodorant, you know, whatever you had, kick it around. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Complete kudos on that too. Like, just here it is. We're gonna roll it out. Be excited. And guess what? You get to play with it right away too. Yeah, because because Adepticon it's was not. was April, and this this army came out this month in May. Okay, you know, so. I am I am gonna put out a little bit of the thing here. Who would have expected two years ago to get the fish army for Age of Sigmar? Right, right. Like, okay, sorry, that just makes the the squats inevitable. Really, if there's a fish <laughs> army. I, I I gotta I gotta accept that as a very strong argument. I, I mean, oh, they'll never do squat fish army. Your your argument is invalid. Right, right, that's right. That's right. That's right. I, I I just built five sharks for my fantasy yeah. army. Why can't I have space dwarves again? That's right. That's exactly the principle it. of the thing. That's right. Wow, that's crazy coolness. I love it. Good time to be in the hobby. Oh, it's yeah. It's, this is the golden age. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Such a cool. That's army. awfully pessimistic. I'm I'm kidding. I I think things are actually going to get really really good in the, in the next few years. I think this is just kind of the beginning. And things are already yeah. as great as they are. Like I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It, it can only. It can only. They're, they're amazing. It, it, I I actually I just want to side note on something that's interesting also like one of the big debates that's always been there for uh for uh, for Warhammer and Games Workshop in general has been prices of certain things and I've seen a couple of models come out as far as scenery is concerned like the Iden of Deepkin have their own piece of scenery which is already something that we're seeing more and more frequently mm -hmm. where armies will have a piece of scenery as part of their their list uh they have they have a, a sunken pirate ship which is a largish model, and it comes in at like it's not cheap, but it's reasonable. I expected it to be at least fifty percent more expensive, and we're we've seen some previews and and some prices for finally after all these years uh, an Eldar webway portal, oh, I know. Uh, oh. a, a web gate, I can't and wait. that is it's an immense model. It is it's, taller it, than a Wraith Knight. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. Yeah, it's also very reasonably priced, and. That is you know, shocking. Yeah, I agree. Because you, you, you're like, can't, I don't. I want to make my table as best as possible, but can I afford the terrain? And the answer now is yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I just actually just it's funny. 
as we were sitting here, I'm finishing off my Warskire Citadel. Um, I know that's an old release made new again, uh, old Warhammer for uh, Warhammer Fantasy Battles uh, uh, Citadel, and it's a tremendously huge and beautiful model. It was also very reasonably priced. That's so. That's the train um, I'm working on is is the GW stuff, some of the Sector Imperialis stuff for uh, that they released with um, Kill Team, and then some, oh, some of their other buildings. Yeah. and it's all it was. It was all very reasonably priced for what I get. I feel like it's a really good deal. For all the detail yeah. that's in there, and and, you, and it's a, it's also a painting challenge. It's also a modeling challenge, and you put it on the table, and poof, you're in the universe. Yep, exactly. <laughs> it, it's like wow, I mean, it, that's crazy. Yeah, their their terrain kits are are great. Like they're really they're killing it all around models and, and terrain. No, oh, by all means, they are. Yeah, no question. No question. And also at AdeptCon, we also, uh, it's out there now, but they have their sort of first iteration of their list builder for 40K. Um, mm-hmm. Have you guys Finally. looked at that at all? or Very briefly. I. And then I know that it happened. Yeah, so it, it's <laughs> Warhammer 40,000 combat roster. Um, it's just par levels right now. Uh, they, the match play the points will be coming in a, in a later release um of the i guess they were saying they're going to release like an app for for building a list with points so it's uh, i did look at it and mess around with it a little bit it's it's very basic but you know if you're playing points i mean if you're doing power levels it's all you really need so i think it, it works for for what it is um i'm excited to actually have an official points app though yeah, I it think, and nice. I think I'm actually surprised that it took this long to come out. Yeah, yeah, it seems like a basic thing to have. It really does. It, it, it I, I would agree with you, actually. That it, it's, it seems like that it's, uh, it's a sales thing, isn't it? Like, like mm-hmm. I, I mean, how many of you have kind of, kind of built lists, fantasy lists, and then ended up buying them? Yeah, no, oh, I. Literally no, all right? the time. There's no amount of money yeah. Games Workshop put into marketing that sold me more models than Army Builder did. Yeah, Army Builder mm-hmm. was my favorite computer yeah. game for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Very expensive for a for, for a ten dollar piece of software, yeah. by the way, yeah. because it, it cost that's, me that's hundreds right. and thousands of dollars in Army. Thousands of dollars. Of course it does, right? And that's I think that that's why it's so shocking is that uh, if why not make it that like that? for your own company like why not say oh people are using it this way this is this is this makes sense for us to make sure that we get something out there that's really interactive it's got to be interactive though it can't be i don't i mean uh, uh the ones that i frequent the uh army builder type of uh, programs that i frequent now they're they, they might be a small program but they're sophisticated they, they and intuitive and i think that that's really where it's got to be it's got to be well thought out and intuitive in order to to function uh, like a, a, a dream machine. And I think the 40k points are so granular, you know, that you can get. Um, so I, that's probably. I mean, that's why I think it's taking them a while to, to do it because, like you said, they're trying to make it intuitive, but they also got to make sure it's right because you know you don't want errors in your oh, yeah. program. And they need to make it so it's yeah. easy to update. So when they do their, you know 
FAQs and, and change points that they can easily update the app fairly quickly. Yeah, and and also they have to make it so that all the allies and all the all the all the miniatures that you can put together also work too. And that, I can imagine that being a, a juggle. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, I'm sure nightmare. It, I think right. that's the word you're looking for. A <laughs> nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Good stuff, though. Happy to see it come out. Yeah, yeah. We have no date on on the match. You know the points at, but I'm I'm sure we'll see it sooner than later. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be worried about that. I think it's coming. Great. So that's uh, that was all the the Adepticon news for for 40k and a little Age of Sigmar in there. Um, yeah. Terrace, thank you so much for for joining us. Uh, thank you, and, and I would have loved to, to talk about. Uh, my, one of my favorite codexes, uh, uh, or favorite fictions, anyway. But I really just I gotta run, so uh, I I do appreciate being on the show. It's always a pleasure to come talk to you guys. It's uh, uh, always uh, now I'm energi- energized to to play my game tonight. So thank you for that. Good. Well, next time you'll have to let us know how it went. Yeah, I will. I and, and I I think that we're gonna play several games like this to kind of get how the AI functions. But yeah. What would happen in the movie? That's that's the that's the, that's the the main logic. I like it. I think that's an interesting way to to work out what what they're going to do. So you'll hear, and so next time Terrace joins us, you got to hear how that went. Yeah, I will. I will definitely report. Great. Thank you for thank you very much, guys. Have a great evening, and uh, uh, and thank you for, so much for letting me come on. I really appreciate it. Anytime, Terrace. Thanks so much. Currently, humanity looks to the internet for its information. We have stood at the edge of despair and would have fallen. If not for awesome podcasts and their content of everything we love. Now these podcasts are all brought together in one place. Forged in like-mindedness, tempered with a community-oriented forum, covering all things geek such as wargaming, board gaming, comics, movies, and more. Presenting a lineup of podcasts producing exclusive content for the fans. The Freebooters Network. Trolls want to steal our community. Let them try. All right, so we uh, did receive from GW a copy of the the newest codex, the Death Watch, one that I was eagerly anticipating because, as you may recall, when they said they were releasing a Death Watch army, I immediately bought an entire army. Um, so, um, and I've actually gotten to play a couple games with it uh, so far, and I have actually picked up uh, a few more things to add to the army now with the codex. So, you know, typical. Uh, codex, but you know, with with the large fluff section in the front. But what we actually have now is a lot more new art, um, because what they've done in this codex is they've introduced the Primaris Marines into the Death Watch. So we get some nice little art pieces of Primaris Death Watch Marines doing their thing, killing aliens, um, as well as just some other art that I I have not recognized before. So uh, I always like seeing new art and um in the codexes. 
Um, and they still have the ability um, to mix their squads. You can have Marines with Terminators and Bikers and jetpack guy, uh, Jump Pack guys. And you can do the same with the uh, the Primera squads, too. You can mix Intercessors and Aggressors and um, Inceptors, and they all they all give the squad, you know, some sort of special ability. Like if there's a, a Terminator in a squad, then they don't... Um, they automatically pass morale checks. They're fearless. Um, in, if you have a... Um, in Inceptor... Yeah, sorry, the, the Primaris guys with the jump packs. If they're in a squad, then you can um, you can uh, advance and shoot your weapons without a penalty, which is kind of cool. Um, and I like what they did for the... You know, they don't have chapter tactics because it's just it's one chapter. Um, right. But what the Death Watch has, is, which is interesting, is at the beginning of the game you pick a battlefield role. So, uh, you know, elites, troops, fast attack, um, all units that have the mission tactics ability. So just like um, chapter tactics, you know, the the uh, unit has to have it, so characters have it. I'll look at a vehicle in a second. But uh, what it does basically is that the battlefield role you picked, you get to re-roll two wound rolls of one against that particular battlefield role. So it gives you a little boost, and um, you can, using a stratagem, change that uh, to a, a different battlefield role if you want. Uh, one of the Warlord traits also lets you change it once during the game. Um, and they still have, probably one of my favorite things about the Death Watch is they still have their special issue ammunition. So when you fire uh, uh, bolt weapons, when infantry or dreadnoughts or characters fire bolt weapons, you get to pick... Uh, from a few different types of uh, ammo, the dragon firebolt that um, at, you add once your hit roll if you're targeting somebody in cover, hellfire rounds which always wounds on a two plus except against vehicles, uh, kraken bolts which adds a little bit to the range, adds a six inch to the range, increases the AP by one, or vengeance rounds that decreases the range by six but adds two to the AP. And um, what was nice is. In the index, it just said when you fire a bolt weapon, you can use this stuff. Now they've actually laid out, here's all the weapons that are covered by the special ammunition. And it works for the primary screens, too. Nice. And we also had a, a few small points changes. Um, actually, a lot of stuff dropped a few points. Um but you do pay for the specialist ammunition. Like bolters cost one point for a Death Watch Marine, whereas with the Space Marine they cost zero. Um, but if you look at the index, they just had that cost built into the model cost. Now it's separated out. So if you take a different weapon, you're not paying the the surcharge for the special ammunition. But um, their psychic powers are the same as the Space Marine ones, which makes sense. They're they're really just Space Marines. Um, I like that because it kind of removes from some of the rules bloat that we tend to see sometimes where every everything has a bunch of special rules and they do but there's no there, there's no point having them have spe- you know different unique psychic powers. I'm uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, it seemed like it got really crazy. Yeah, I thought that was that was a nice a nice touch and, and it makes sense cuz they're just they're recruiting librarians from Space Marine chapters to join them so why would they have different makes psychic sense. powers? 
And, um, you know, we only have one character, which is Watch Captain Artemis, which was from the Overkill box. Um, so there's there's no additional models that were released for this. It's it's um, That's a bummer. Yeah, I think with the way that they... I think just to get codexes out, it seems like they're doing no new models. And then maybe after yeah, this, maybe after the cycle's done, they'll go back and start doing individual models. Because I asked if you have bought any new models now, they come with the data sheet right in there. Mm-hmm. So it's easier for them to to release a character later and not you know not have to update the codex. And there's always the chapter approved, which we're supposed to get one every year, where they can just throw in any new data sheets they release throughout the year too. And and they do um they do also in, have new models for some armies like when they when they hit an army that really needs them yeah which is not necessarily the case for Death Watch because I mean there's Space Marine offshoot there's plenty of models available right right then and there and Death Watch but, was just last last year too right or just the year before twenty six yeah exactly so. I mean Custodes were also very recent but yeah. they had so few models and now they had they added a bunch of kits to that so yeah. it's it's not like we can't expect new models. There are new models, but they're being very strategic about where they're releasing them, which I I think is uh, is a nice touch. Yeah, they're definitely on on, on top of it. Um, and same thing, you know, get some warlord traits, some relics, uh, some interesting stuff there. Um, nothing too crazy, you know. They have the the warlord trait that gets you your command points back, just like just like all the armies seem to get now. So. Um, yeah, we're we're definitely seeing some uh, some uh, some strat- stratagems that are common across a lot of armies. But I did notice that the Death Watch had some that were very Death Watchy in the sense that they they tend to aim at specific other races. Yes, yes, that was one of my my favorite things about the Codex is um so they do have some of those the same uh you know the Space Marine ones where it's you have three librarians close to each other you get a bonus or three you know vindicators or predators. But there is a stratagem. Uh, keyed to each different Xenos race in the in the 40k universe, which I thought was really cool. Um, so, for example, with orcs, uh, they subtract one from their charge distance for every enemy that for every one of them that you kill with Overwatch, um, if you use that stratagem. Or for the Eldari, which would be the Dark Eldar and Eldar, and you could uh, shoot at a flying unit that moves close to you because a lot of their you know their stuff flies or uh, for Tyranids, you can shoot Synapse creatures even if they aren't the closest enemy. So you can kind of pick out characters. Yeah. And I, I like how that's... Um, it's not overpowered because you know, a good a good Tyranid player will have multiple Synapse creatures, but it allows you to do something strategic with what you're picking out. And because it's a stratagem and you're play, paying CPs for it, it's not overpowered. It's not like at the beginning of the game you decide that that's a thing that you do for the entire game. Which would be right. crippling to your opponent, and, and it feels very—it's very fluffy too, right? Like you, the alien hunters would notice that there's a synapse creature coming and pick it out. Exactly. That makes sense. Totally, I'm with that idea. So, just like all the codexes, you know, you've got probably 20, 26 stratagems that you can pick from now. Um, a lot of, or some duplicates from the Space Marine codex, like I mentioned, but a lot of uh, specific ones just for Death Watch too. So. Uh, in my opinion, I, 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 like I said, this is one I, I would personally was really looking forward to, and uh, I think they did a, a good job integrating the new stuff and and um, coming up with some interesting rules. That's what I was wondering is what they were going to have for special rules, because um, 
and I think the the mission tactics make sense, you know, for the Death Watch. And I love that they can still mix units. Some people were worried that they were going to take that ability away, but um, I'm glad that they kept that around. Did you guys have any questions about the Death Watch Codex? Hmm, I'm what afraid I don't. What are you most excited to do with it? Uh, I think I'm excited to finally have a use for all the uh, Primaris models that I have that I wasn't going to do anything with. Because I, I won um, at an event right after they came out. Like, I have a box of the uh, the aggressors, right, which are the, the guys with the, with the, uh, the big beefy guys with the gauntlets. And I wasn't going to – I really wasn't going to use them for anything. So, um, And, like, I have a Redemptor Dreadnought. And I didn't have anything to do with that because I, um, it didn't fit into my the space scenario that I already have. So I'm just I'm glad that I'll be able to use that because I have a lot of Death Watch uh, bits, you know, like shoulder pads and, and helmets and stuff. So I can and since the Primaris Marines use the same shoulder pads as regular Space Marines, they'll they'll fit and and stay consistent with the rest of the army. So oh, there you go. Yeah. So I, I believe our, our next codex is going to be uh, Harlequins. Um, so our next episode, uh, if it if it's out, we'll you know we'll get a chance to talk about that, and then Knights is after that. So a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff coming up. Oh yeah, the, uh, the the summer looks usually summer doesn't feel that very um, active as far as releases are concerned in the wargaming industry, at least not from my limited point of view. But this summer looks like it's going to be really rad. Probably just because the codex that are coming out are codexes that I have plans for. <laughs> and, uh, and there's actually there's a rumor going around um, that the the big summer release for 40k will be like an orc space wolf box set kind of thing with <gasps> to accompany their codexes. Don't taunt me. Don't tease me like that. <laughs> You'll just replace all that space wolf stuff you get rid of with new space wolf stuff. Ah, that's terrible. Now I've got all that money to do it with. <laughs> <laughs> I, I personally am very excited for the Orc Codex. I, I just want to... I'm very curious. The, the rumors that have been coming out are very exciting. Yeah. it's Orcs are just so much fun. Indubitably. Okay. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, again, please head over to geeknationtours.com to check out all the great tours and, and sign up. You can Next year, you can hit Adepticon and the Miniatures in the UK tour back-to-back. That would be a fantastic April. Um, we'll be back in a couple weeks. And thanks for listening. Please go head over to our Facebook page and post us post up what you're working on for armies. Um, let us know what you're doing post games. You know, Let us know what's going on. We'd love to interact with you guys uh, when we can on, on Facebook. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to 40K Radio, part of the Free Buddhas Network. You can contact us via email at hosts at 40kradio.com or on the Free Buddhas forum. Please check out the other podcasts on the Free Buddhas network. Until next time, remember that in the grim darkness of the far future, there is only war and cookies. <laughs>